0: Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about what's weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan, I'm a super chub, and I just, I have the biggest smile across my face. And I just, uh, we all know why, you know why, you're probably smiling too. You're probably doing the opposite of doom scrolling, uh, <laughs> waiting for more great news. Yeah. Scrolling those.
1: We, we won't get too deeply into it, but those of you listening in the future might just remember this as the, uh, <laughs> the October <laughs>
2: surprise of 2020. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Continue. Please. My name is Michael. I am a chaser. <laughs> I'm a chaser. And, uh, I have been very much enjoying checking my New York Times breaking news updates over the last three or four days. I won't say why, but uh, anyone who thinks back on October. Yes.
1: Hey, my name is Don. I'm a big chubby guy living in Hollywood. And uh, I really, really enjoyed watching uh, uh, Jim Carrey the other night on <laughs> SNL
3: as he oh, premiered yes. the new Joe yeah. Biden uh, routine. Oh, yep. wow. That I was pretty that.
2: great. Okay.
3: I'm Dana Laverio. I'm a chubby chaser, author, public speaker, and uh, it's 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 a new day in America. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of day, but it's a new day in America. We've entered it's, we've entered October, which is a whole new kettle of COVID, and uh, hmm. we'll just see what's on tap, huh? Shall we? Let's happy,
0: let's. happy spooky season! Uh, he- yay! <laughs> it's it's October, so scary things are fun. In again. case you haven't had enough terror this year, bring on the spooks <laughs> and
2: scares! Mm-hmm. Boo! Oh boy! All right, everybody, we have a show to do. And yeah, that's, let's get to that's it. That's our show. Our let's stop being excited. Let's stop being happy for a change.
0: <laughs> everybody and, shut uh, up! <laughs> I. St- that's why I wanted to start off with uh, our little <laughs> bummer here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Big Fat you bo- Podcast, yes. bringing you little bummers every week. Um. So this was the the New York
0: Times, uh, and they talked to the Whole Foods founder, uh, and the title is whole foods founder colon the whole world is getting fat yeah basically it is the founder of whole foods blaming people for getting fat and saying you know everyone's addicted to food uh people can't make good choices you know it's not and
2: getting the idea that obesity is a high morbidity for covid
0: yes Oh, of course it's our favorite stereotype um, so you know we should Definitely take advice from the man who founded a grocery store that sells $6 bottles of asparagus water. water.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean,
3: that's the thing. If you're really going to complain about people making the bad diet choices and, and not really going after what they should be in food, and yet you run the most expensive grocery chain in the nation. And 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 a hot food
1: food bar and deli bar that you should not buy from if you're worried about (laughs) your waistline because they freaking hide oil in everything they make. It's crazy. Oh, because they want
3: it to taste good? Yeah. Yeah. Guilty. They put so much
1: fat in everything they prepare.
2: I'm sure that this guy has nothing to gain by running a, a grocery store brand that prides itself on being healthy choices, whether or not that's actually accurate, and then also saying, hey, everybody, you're not healthy enough. Like of course he like this is almost advertising.
3: <laughs> well, I, well the thing is that if you've been in the in the, the game a while you realize that the idea of quote unquote healthy food is strictly strictly a matter of fashion. You know sugar mm-hmm. used to be out then it was in then it was out. Fat used to be out then it was in then it was out. It it the whole what is a healthy food is simply a matter of the way the wind is blowing in that particular decade. Right. I'm also just basically convinced that not
1: all food has the same value to every person who eats it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That's, That's certainly just, yeah. possible. Well, And I mean, so, so he talks about, um, you know, Whole Foods is open stores in inner cities. We've opened stores in poor areas. We see the choices. People, you know, it's it's ignorance and it's <laughs> there, there's food deserts. There's yeah. just uh, it is a whole system designed to set up people to fail. Right. Um, but that's you, not you, the problem. It's that people want <laughs> would rather pay $6 for you know Newman's own Oreos instead of for our $6 mm-hmm. asparagus water.
1: <laughs> what have you got against asparagus
0: water, Trevor? <laughs> Why would you want to drink water that makes your pee smell worse? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember a really interesting suggestion somebody made for, to help solve food deserts. And it, I, I haven't looked at it from all sides, but it's just an interesting concept. Of basically making post offices um, food outlets for farmers in a couple mm. places, because there's a infrastructure to move things between post offices. Post offices have to be in every neighborhood, no matter how poor. And so, if the post offices are being used basically as uh, the two things they were suggesting was as like markets for fresh, good, you know, healthy food at low cost and uh, check cashing services at the at the
0: post
3: offices. i don't know we've done a pretty good job of scuttling and removing post offices yeah uh, <laughs>
0: have, you, have you bought your stamps for the week yet <laughs> i know
2: <laughs> buy, more, buy stamps. more stamps it doesn't matter just keep buying them don't yeah. don't use them don't mail anything you know, just because, buy the stamps because you know you know
3: don because post offices cause voting for democrats oh i know it's, the, <laughs> it's
1: shameless democrat propaganda <laughs>
3: uh. <sighs> all
2: right well to to raise your spirits on to a little the bit sex bot yeah, Let's, yeah can we talk so. about the sex <laughs> <Let's> bot?
0: T- <laughs> swinging right back up to uh <laughs> giddiness <laughs> wired retweeted this old article about ai sex robots and the title of the article is henry the sex bot wants to know all about your hopes and dreams <laughs> um and i thought this would be kind of a, I, I was fascinated and also it made me think of kind of our whole like covid safe sex practices <laughs> what better way to fulfill your fulfill your needs during these trying times than, than to a, fuck a, a doll <laughs> a thinking talking doll I, can he uh, be,
3: can he be programmed to like imitate different kinds of sexual partners so you, you you can really feel like a slut while you're just in the presence of one doll in your oh, living room <laughs> oh, that's
0: um fascinating. i know he does have different like personalities if they if to they can't
3: it. make multiple personalities
1: you could just buy two and have like the world's saddest spit roast in your own living room. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs>
0: um,
2: oh. done.
3: Do not but king shame. Hey,
2: say, I am say, earning us our M rating. Damn it, save it, save it for the only fans.
0: <laughs> uh, but I like that it's like. So this is from the article. Uh, I noticed Henry's washboard abs peeking through an unzipped cardigan. Do you work out? I ask. Henry blinks. The back of his head makes a whirring noise. Ah. (laughs) I ask again. I exercise my brain, he says. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh. And then there's a gif of the robot kind of like doing a
2: bad robot wink. Yeah. Ah. Like only his eyelid moves. No, no, the rest of his face. (laughs)
3: Um. (laughs) well what are we chasers supposed to do i mean just duct tape two of them together and take off one of the heads i mean i mean really where's where's the representation here
2: (laughs) yes dan yes i mean i imagine someone in our listener audience just
1: got
0: really uncomfortably excited. (laughs) uh, (laughs) i'm pretty sure the skin is you know silicone and pretty stretchy so I think maybe you could like if you could puncture the skin. Oh dear! Oh dear! And oh get boy.
2: Um, like fill
0: it. Maybe some kind of something with pudding consistency, so ah, it's not too wet. Pudding. Okay. <laughs> finally use, finally then you can use bang problems. your doll and have a snack afterwards.
2: <laughs> <With> pudding <laughs> induction technology. Like,
0: pudding tears coming out of more money. <laughs> little <laughs> eye sockets. Funny, it
1: was just caramel pudding when it in. Why is it salted caramel now? <laughs> oh, oh, sad.
0: sad. But anyway, Henry, and we're back down again. <laughs> So speaking of segues, what it's, it's perfectly natural. Um, so this weekend uh, there was the, uh, the Fenty Savage fashion show, which is Rihanna's kind of lingerie, uh, high fashion lingerie line, which was on going back to Amazon, Amazon prime taking over the world premiered on Amazon prime. And it was, I think the most diverse lingerie fashion show I've seen shout out to Dexter Mayfield guests, former guest of the podcast and plus size is model everywhere. Dancer. In, um if it's, if it's plus size, he's there. It really, really um, is true. Yeah. Uh, but Dan, you uh, yeah, saw this.
3: So I happened to see this uh, cause I follow Dexter and Dexter uh, was splashed all over this cause he's gorgeous and fat and beautiful. And there's a lot of other uh, really amazing models in the show. And then my, uh, my friend, Christopher Rosa, At Glamour the magazine uh, did an article on how it was so empowering for him as a femme fat gay man to see such great representation and I thought what he says in the glamour article is really interesting because he does a cut at how we see a lot of body positivity for women but not so much for men and he says you know that's understandable because it's it's uh, there's a lot more oppression when it comes to being fat for women but Nevertheless, it you know, a lot of times uh, fat men, especially fat gay men, feel left out of that. And he he wrote just a really great article for Glamour on his reaction to seeing, you know, a body like his show up in this kind of a fashion show.
1: I OK, so I checked out the article uh, of the X Fenty men's collection and everything looked fine, but I couldn't get past the fact I'm looking at the prices of the underwear and I'm like $7. Bucks for under i am getting so ripped off by all the fat men stores where i'm paying no. like 20 bucks mm. for one pair of underwear oh you know god that? damn it
3: well to be fair to be fair if i buy a pair of calvin klein underwear it's like 20 dollars 28 dollars so i'm not buying Calvin Klein. yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like- <laughs> no, i'm you're, buying
1: you're, generic large man yes. panties <laughs> for like 20 bucks
2: harbor <laughs> bay harbor through. bay oh, all yeah. the way baby
0: <laughs> uh no i just think it's fantastic I know they're fun, they're affordable, they have plus-size models, and they're all sold out, so... Yeah, they're all sold out.
2: (laughs) It's almost like when they release, you know, I feel like it's with every uh, pre-release thing, like the PlayStation 5, and now like graphics cards are happening this way, where they they have this whole launch, and then they release just enough, and then every single one sells out, and it creates this whole bidding war, and you have like, Mm. I don't know if this will happen for underwear, but you have like a black (laughs) market for, you know, like a 100% markup, and... It, um that happened with home
0: depot and their 12 foot tall skeletons oh my god they, they sold out everywhere people are selling them for a thousand dollars yeah on, yeah, on ebay god. nice uh, oh, hell, you could just kill a
3: 12 foot man for that kind of money
0: you know so graphics cards <laughs> underwear and
2: giant skeletons all right well moving smoothly along segue Lizzo, <laughs> <laughs> it's Lizzo. on
0: really funny. Yay! Lizzo's everywhere, so of course she is know. in the Savage Fenty show. Mm-hmm. Thriving, living, twerking in Some um phenomenal feed, this long, long gorgeous, Um, blue on like fish gloves. It's a bra. It's fishnet. It is thong. Sexy it is heels.
2: It's amazing, and obviously she posted. A little clip of her in this outfit, on all fours twerking in oh front my. of a mirror. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. Which that's uh, the
0: energy we all need. This is this yes.
2: Year. Find a mirror, dress yourself in fishnets, and twerk furiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already got a gift of myself Lizzo. doing that. So <laughs> for the only pants. Um, and then um, there was
0: also Lizzo shared a video on Instagram, kind of talking about the election and her experience as a black woman in america um kind of growing up seeing 911 and the kind of divide in politics where it's kind of this you know it's not that there's democrats and republicans it's that there's good and evil mm. um right and that yeah. it's kind of this very polarized system and you know just the importance of voting it's kind of driving that home she's been doing so much work in that um yeah which I mean, I wouldn't say because it's if you're in one of these states, it's too late. But there is a the day we're recording is like the deadline for several very important states to check if you're to register or to check if you're registered to vote. Yeah. But yeah, watch it. Vote, vote for Joe Biden. I know there once again, <laughs> you're clutching your steering wheel again. Just like, but guys, come on. And yes, yes, we know.
1: Just just picture you're voting for Jim Carrey as Joe Biden. Yeah, like,
0: Four more a, years of Jim Carrey on SNL. What yep. what could be better?
2: a listener that i know very well uh talks about how he's voted libertarian for the past 30 years like a very long standing libertarian um but this election it's not it's not about politics it's about saving democracy mm-hmm. and so to have the luxury of voting libertarian in any future elections it it is inc- it is absolutely vital that joe biden win by a landslide and you make a point that this is what America needs. It's not just about whether or not to win. It's not just we- about whether or not, like in his case, voting in a blue state where it's just always going to be blue and his vote was used to make a point in previous elections. It's now about he needs to win by as many votes as possible, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about your politics afterwards.
3: Yeah. Once, once we have democracy back, we can talk about politics. Yes, yeah.
2: exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can tell that we all feel very strongly about this, but we are not here to discuss politics. So we're going to wander no. off the topic, and we're going to talk. What are we talking about tonight? We got something very uh, juicy. Well, oh, we got to
0: cue up the music because our main topic. Yes, uh, it's is, it's great follow up to last week's mailbag. Do, 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 do. unzip that mail zip,
2: zip, zip. Uh, unzip what that? i guess that's appropriate though <laughs> it's a mail bag so you yeah gotta unzip it, uh,
0: it yeah. you and henry's reaching in and the back of his head is worrying, <laughs> <laughs> and just the envelope with the
2: wings. and why don't you read it michael so uh listener michael writes in hello i'm a big chubby listener from missouri i'm a huge fan of your podcast and it uh, makes my drives to and from work much more interesting thank you michael for listening uh, he says, I can't remember who it was who first brought it up, but someone mentioned polyamory on your last podcast. I've always had conflicted feelings toward polyamory. That being said, I know plenty of people who are in polyamorous relationships and they are extremely happy. I've always thought of myself as a monogamous guy, but over the past couple of years, I've tried to reevaluate myself and see what truly makes me happy. This has taken the form in a few aspects of my life uh, regarding my own size, gender expression, etc. And maybe polyamory is something to chew on. I haven't been in many Chub Chaser relationships, so I don't really have a huge background in relationships like you all have. Uh, What made you realize polyamory was right for you? If it is, uh, what are the pros and cons? What are some of the questions I need to ask myself if I'm put into a situation where polyamory is on the table? Thanks for everything you do. I look forward to your podcast every Wednesday. Living in such a red state, I feel like a burden has been lifted off my shoulders when I hear you. It's almost like we're friends. As the great Stephen Sondheim said, someone is on your side. Take care. Lots of love. Thank you for listening. We are friends. Yes, we you. may not be able to talk our, directly, our pal, but you
0: are listener, pal, Michael.
2: I, exactly. I think so. That's... There's a lot to unpack here, but I think Dan had one thing he wanted to really clarify before we get into it.
3: Yeah. So it, this is not, we, we got to back up a minute because everybody knows what monogamy is. That's pretty easy. But the, the alternative to monogamy is not polyamory that that's, that's one of many types of non monogamy. And I think Mm -hmm. what's a lot more common in certainly in the gay community and maybe up and coming in the straight community, I don't know, is just non monogamy. And I think we should really talk about that and what function monogamy serves or what function non monogamy serves. And one of those types of non monogamy is polyamory where you actually have more than two committed individuals in a relationship.
2: Right. Which is not uh, the same
3: as non-monogamy.
2: Right. It's sort of a subset of non-monogamy where as opposed to monogamy, which is two people committed yeah. to each other and that's it. Uh, polyamory would be several people in a committed relationship to each other. And then non-monogamy can encompass that, but also being in a relationship with just one person. Just a straight but up open having, relationship. Where, yeah. An open yeah, relationship. Someone else on the side whenever you want. we you have Different partners person. on the side or mm-hmm. being single and having many partners unto yourself. So there's... There's a lot of different ways that it can take shape, but I think this listener, I think, wants to know broadly more about it, and then what are specific reactions to. And given that last week uh, we were talking about dating and COVID, I think this is a really good next step. So, I mean, we can we can start with what Trevor and Dan I think have have tipped their hats to over the past. I don't know how many 35 episodes we've done, but (laughs) do you guys want to, did you guys want to lead us off with your guess? um,
0: Yeah. uh, Be in an open relationship. That's a wrap. (laughs) uh, Yeah.
3: So Trevor and I I have known each other for almost a decade now. We've been married. We just celebrated our four year anniversary and we, and we have, thank you. And we have never been monogamous. It was Mm -hmm. never, it was not that we were monogamous and we decided to open it up. We were absolutely never monogamous at any point in this. And I, it's kind of a, it's not a change for me, but I will say that when I was in my early twenties, I used to be Mr. Monogamy. If you didn't have monogamy, you don't have a relationship was my thinking And I kind of did a 180 to the point where now I'm like, okay, monogamy might be great for some people, but I don't get the point of it.
2: Right, right. So Don, I'm curious, because we've talked a little bit about past relationships and your Mm -hmm. approach to that. And you've certainly talked about friends that you have that are in different kinds of relationships, whether it's polyamorous or open. Um, What is your take on it? Just as far as your opinion go or what you would like to see if you were to you know, if you were dating somebody tomorrow and you were talking to them about it, um, what's your approach?
1: Well, for me, polyamorous relationships are newer to me, but open relationships I've been around for decades at this point. It's such an mm-hmm. old hat thing to me. I don't even think twice about it anymore. It's for me personally, as far as my wants and desires, I think I'm more geared to be a monogamy person. That's mm-hmm. just the way I sort of my default thinking on things. Um, But that said, like, I feel like uh, if you lock into saying my relationship is monogamous or my relationship is open, uh, you have to be somewhat flexible on that over time. You have to understand that people's wants and desires may change. I actually am aware of a couple open relationships that went open and then went monogamous and then went open again and then went polyamorous and then went monogamous again. You know, it's. <laughs> relationships change according to your needs and your situations. Like I am aware of at least one relationship where uh, one member of the, it was a married couple that had been married for some time. Mm-hmm. One member of the relationship who was the breadwinner decided they were in an open relationship, informed their partner of it and then proceeded
3: forward. Oh, and so yeah, it was, it, and, was, it was, it was, it was an ultimatum or unilaterally decided. Yeah. But right. if the
1: other person was basically trapped in a situation where, they couldn't leave. They didn't have a way to support themselves. They didn't have yeah. a way to support the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not good. Like that is not an okay relation, open relationship.
3: Yeah, both, both uh, sides,
1: I, I, everyone I, involved, needs to be completely on board and have entered into it willingly. And I know my example is not the definition of open relationships. No, that's but hard. it no, is but something that has to be uh, understood. Yes, that that exists when this is discussed.
0: Yeah, I think but, it's also but, but it's. I think Go it's ahead. very common, or you know, more common than it should be for in the relationship. Well,
2: one of them's in an open relationship,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, yep, that's it's, crap.
2: Um, and I think that goes back to what makes any kind of personal close relationship or romantic relationship work, which is, I mean, just being communicative, genuinely openly communicative yeah. with each other. Where in Don's example. That really wasn't the case until it got to a point where one person decided unilaterally this is the case now where i think that wouldn't have necessarily been a problem if that conversation had been on the table much much earlier where Mm -hmm. it could have actually been discussed without you know emotions like negative emotions driving the decision making. yeah
3: and and i would submit that that couple was in dire straits even before that fiat came down from oh definitely right. i mean that's, it was a, that's a, a symptom,
2: yeah not yeah. the not the cause yeah. yeah
3: and that trouble didn't exist because they became i don't even know what to call that yeah. it's 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 a it's a dictum but, but it's it's that sort of thing
1: that even has me a little cautious on legalizing uh polygamy where unless you can verify that everyone is going into it willingly like
3: and yeah, then that's the, the government getting involved at a point where the government should. Well, but that's so. no, that's mm-hmm. no different than whether or not you can bring that whether making cheating on a relationship illegal. It's 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 just not the government's job. That's an interpersonal thing. But what the point I wanted to get to is that monogamy and non-monogamy have very different features because see, monogamy is relatively simple. It has one rule: don't ever. You can manage that. Don't ever. I was gonna no. Don't <laughs> ever. It has one rule. Yeah. It has one rule. Non-monogamy has oh as many rules as you want to create. Mm-hmm. Non-monogamy has rules like oh we only do it if one of the partners is out of town. Uh, we only do it if we get permission. We only do it if we don't if we don't get permission. If we don't mm-hmm. you know don't ask <laughs> don't tell. Uh, we only yeah. do it if the person if the hookup is in a different area code, a different zip code, a different state, a different city, a different no county. No repeats. No repeats. There's lots and lots of rules. But my point is that non-monogamy necessitates a lot more communication. Mm -hmm. than monogamy because like i said monogamy easy don't ever well if yeah i think think that there
1: are also uh, let's let's make it clear though that even a monogamous relationship has to keep channels of communication open of course you you need to talk this shit through when you're feeling these urges
3: but monogamy requires no communication about the management of monogamy
2: right although i will say i i know of a couple and i'm sure they're not the only ones where the the non-monogamy in their relationship is specifically not talked about it's assumed it's yeah. the case uh but it is never actually talked about or addressed so i think it can go both ways where to dan's point like if you're going to have a successful non-monogamous relationship it pretty much has to be talked about but there are i think outliers like my friend who's been with his partner i think they're married actually husband for a, a couple of decades at this yeah. point um, and it's just sort of not talked about but that's how it's implemented it's it is distinctly non-monogamous yeah
1: one of the most searched for porn items on porn sites is cuckold videos oh yeah right where the the you're either watching your partner or you're aware of your partner so i mean there's some people whose kinks are not communicating about this stuff and (laughs) you know i mean and that's fine it's if as long as both people or three people or four people in that relationship have talked this through and are aware of it
0: we're good, you yeah. know. But, but again, like even so it involves talking. With the cuckold thing, I feel like that requires communication. Like, yeah, still communication. But like <laughs> communication. But like okay, but we're not communicating. But <laughs> if it were to happen, <laughs> yes. Well, uh-huh. yes. The commun- I completely wing. agree with that.
3: Because the communication <laughs> is called consent. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Right. It always comes back to consent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it no, it really does. I mean, we make it like yeah. a joke, but honestly, whatever form your relationship could possibly take it's okay as long as you've talked it through with everyone involved with it you know mm-hmm. uh, people who so, aren't involved in your relationship don't really get a say you know and i will admit like uh, with my own sexual practices like that's something i had to come to grips with i am not responsible for my pat- partner's relationships mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. they are responsible for their relationships and if they come to me looking for something I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be asking I'm not their babysitter. I'm not gonna be asking, have you talked to your partner about this? Because I'm assuming that they have.
3: Oh, oh, I see. You know? Yeah. Well, and and quite frankly, whether or not they have, it's not, as you say, it's not your responsibility and it won't determine whether or not they cheat.
2: Now yeah, maybe right. you have
3: a morals thing, not you particularly, but maybe someone has a morals thing about like, well, they won't be cheating on their partner with me. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And and I've actually had guys turn me down, even though Like I tell them, no, we're really, we're in a non-monogamous relationship. And what it is, is people projecting their ideas of monogamy onto my relationship. And that's fine. I don't, we don't have to, we don't have to get together. That's fine. Well,
1: I don't know. I think it's possible to say no to being with someone who's in a relationship and not being about them. You oh, know, like, oh, yes.
3: But in this case, I've been told point blank, like they're uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Got they're you. uncomfortable just saying with it. it. No, no, there's a
1: hundred. Like, I've been approached. I've yeah. been approached by somebody where I knew both people in that partnership and I knew they had an open relationship, but I still wouldn't have felt comfortable moving forward because I have a friendship with that other person. It, unless, so unless I talked with their partner, I couldn't have proceeded forward. Sure. But anything. then you can
3: talk with their partner
1: but that's on me that's not has nothing to do with their relationship exactly like i need to like people need to understand that's my need not theirs you know
2: right so i the two uh long-term relationships that i've had uh were were completely different in that one of them was an open relationship and the other one was a completely monogamous relationship and i've so I've, i've kind of had a degree of experience with both and I think the one thing I've learned uh going into another relationship very recently is that it, it what applies to one couple does not necessarily apply to the next couple or the next like it's even if you're the consistent factor there it's always going to be different based on the needs of the couple which is unique. And so that just necessitates some communication like just to be Communicative with the person and not necessarily like I think one of the most dangerous things in a serious relationship is to have subjects that are taboo to the point that you can't discuss them Mm -hmm. like you should be able to talk about anything and understand that we're just talking about this we're just discussing this as a couple because like, first of all, you should get on the same page at the beginning, but then second of all, like people change over time and their needs change over time. That's just, that's called growth. It's called being human. It's Mm -hmm. called living a life. So you should probably check in with the other person. And so like, for me, the first relationship I was in, uh, was open from the get go. Uh, neither of us really acted on it for the first year, year and a half. Um, and then It became an acknowledged thing of like, okay, I'm going to start looking for people. You can start looking for people, you know, we'll let each other know, but not necessarily talking like specific details or like that kind of stuff, but like, Hey, this is a night. Is that okay? And that I would say worked in the sense that it helped me find the things that I needed in life at that time. But I would say it was also unhelpful because that relationship had its own problems and so those problems, I think, were made worse by distracting, at least for me, distracting my attention elsewhere. Um, so I think, again, it comes down to, like, is the relationship itself, is your relationship with the other person being taken care of, whether or not it's open or closed? Um, and then, to me, making something an open, non-monogamous relationship is is what can be built upon a solid foundation if you want to. But if that foundation isn't solid, I think making something open can very quickly make it all worse. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, making something closed that used to be open can do the same thing, which also happened at the end of that relationship. It was like, Oh, I wanted to you know, move into something monogamous so that I could focus more on us as a couple. Um, and for him, that was almost a deal breaker mm-hmm. that almost ruined it. Yeah. that was that was almost it i know so- a,
1: i know a very good couple near uh, near me they're both lovely people um he is built very solidly for monogamy she is built very solidly for polyamory um and she has spent a long time trying to remain monogamous with him and they've talked it through they they've discussed it um and now they're moving into a new phase where he's trying her style of life and it's nearly as difficult
2: for him as it was for her. So let's get into some specifics because the listener asks, uh, what are some of the questions I need to ask myself if I'm put into a situation where polyamory slash monogamy is on the table. So for somebody who's not as experienced with that, but maybe is open to the idea of it, what are the things you need to be aware of going into it? Like if you've never done it before, you don't necessarily know what you're getting yourself into. Um, I would say for me, like right off the bat, if you, if you have experience in relationships, if you know, if you have the self-awareness to understand whether or not you are prone uh, to insecurity, um, that's for me, that's like right off the bat, number one, top of the list. Like, are you, do you have insecure tendencies? And if so, are you able to work on those? Because I think any kind of insecurity is going to be made much, much, more apparent
3: oh it's gonna turn it up to 11 it's
2: it's, (laughs) yeah it's 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 not that and i want to iterate like it's not that it's being made worse by being open it's just being made more visible yes like it's being tested more frequently very good Um, but if it's there it's there and maybe you don't always have to work on it if you're if you're closed but if you're talking about being open right off the bat like do you or your partner have uh insecurity tendencies well Uh, because that can be yeah.
3: And I think the the practical application of that is when you think about your partner having sex with other people what really comes up for you if you can pay attention instead of in instead of being in the feeling like look at the feeling like having the feeling and what is it that's coming up for you and it's probably some sort of you know if you're if you're not used to it it might be some sort of knot in your stomach mm-hmm. and you if you can If you can stay with that and go like, what is the thing that's really bothering me? Because I think we can all agree intellectually that, you know, Trevor's not going to leave me based on whether or not he has sex with this other guy. Like he is not going to leave me because he has sex with this other guy and it's so much better and he's not going to leave me based on he didn't have sex with this other guy, but it could be better. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's not what's going to cause A problem. That's not and and usually what it is is it's it's around abandonment, insecurity. uh, He or she is better than me. uh, Why aren't I enough? And there's it's a lot of very personal. um, In many cases, really deeply rooted young childhood issues of of things like that. Not to make it pathological, but there can be that. There can also be the idea of how a relationship quote should be. And a relationship, how you want to present your relationship to the world. And there's can be a lot of shooting around monogamy and that. Mm-hmm. And so I just right. welcome listeners to really get into what is it that is driving this as uh, as something you want or need in, in in either case. But to get really honest about it. And I promise you that whatever you
0: think it is, it's probably not it. Like, look, <laughs> look deeper. <Yeah.
2: laughs> I,
0: I think that something also to look at is, all, you know, Dan was talking about all these fears and concerns that if you open up your relationship, your partner will find someone better or they'll find some, you know, that whatever fear, but a lot of these things, these scenarios that you're imagining that happen in monogamous relationships. Yeah.
3: It's going to happen anyway if it happens. Right. (laughs) And
0: I think it even almost can be sometimes more likely because it's this confinement and this person is like, well, I need X, but I don't have X here. But X is over there, so I'm gonna, you know, jump out of the box to go get X, and then, you know, they might come to find that oh, X is like cool, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, like, now, now they have X. Well, like, oh, okay. Well, it, you know, um, I had an
3: I had an X. You really said it perfectly. He said like, you know, I'm not gonna get a divorce because I found a better tasting piece of chocolate cake. You know, yes, <laughs> it's a piece right. of chocolate cake at the um, end
0: of the day. Something that is I don't, beneficial. To being in an open relationship is you get to explore things that you might not get to with your partner. And mm-hmm. it's just like a way to be like, okay, like I did that and that was interesting. And, you know, I don't necessarily need to do it again. Or maybe now you have an outlet for a yeah. uh, different kind of chocolate cake. Well, and one of
3: the things that was revolutionary for me when I had my first non-monogamous relationship was that I was no longer responsible for fulfilling my partner's sexual needs i was only responsible for us having a good time in bed and if he had other needs that i didn't like fulfilling or didn't want to fulfill he could get it elsewhere and there was no guilt there was no oh my god i should be better oh i should be i should want that i should want to want that There was none of that pressure it was like yeah i don't do that you should go get that that sounds great go
2: so out of curiosity i think for people that are used to monogamous relationships the hesitation they're going to have Is that feeling of, you know, does a non-monogamous relationship water down the connection that you have with your partner? I hear that a lot, yeah. Right. So my question would be for the two people in an open relationship right now, what does that feel like for the two of you? If you, you know, obviously I think you have a successful relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, period. What does that feel like to you? Does, obviously you don't feel that's the case. So how would you explain that to somebody Who thinks like, oh, but am I letting some of this go or am I getting less of the person I'm with because, you know, they're, they're with other people?
0: Uh,
3: I have a long answer, so Trevor, go first. Um, (laughs) I mean, I would
0: say it makes our connection stronger because we go out and we do whatever, you know, juggling backflips, swinging from the trapeze. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, sometimes it's great. (laughs) Sometimes it's terrible. But at the end of the day, I know I get to go back to Dan. And then even like, we'll, you know, talk about our experiences to whatever degree of, you know, the, the good, the bad, the ugly.
3: To the, I, honestly, to the extent that it's interesting. Yes. Because there's
0: other times where it's just like, uh, it's, it was a thing.
3: Yeah. Do you have a good time with David? Yeah, I had a good time with David. Okay, enough said. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, but sometimes it's it's more like you know, there was this thing and you just talk about it the way you would Mm. with any other friend. (laughs) Um, Back to Trevor's point about, you know, coming back to me. I mean, believe me, I have a lot of great sex and it is still so wonderful to come home. It really Mm -hmm. is wonderful. I mean, you can have a great time in Paris and you love Paris, but you know, it's good to come home sometimes after a trip. And, And I, I, would ask people that in the same way that I don't expect Trevor to maybe come to the opera with me. And I'm probably not going to go to one of his concerts with me. And that's okay. He can take a friend and they can really love it together. And I don't have to be in that. And you might say, yeah, but that's, you know, but, but sex. And I, I get the, I get the accusation a lot of times that like, Oh, well you must think of sex as just a handshake of just some sort of casual. No, I think of sex as something really amazing and sacred But I also don't think of it as a sacrament, as something you give up to be in a relationship. I think of it as an extension of intimacy. And there are friends with whom I have intimacy with, and maybe we should talk about friends with benefits next, Mm -hmm. but as an extension of intimacy and not as this sort of drawbridge that you open for one special person. I just don't believe that anymore. So it it seems to be
1: that like the biggest indicator on whether or not a... Open relationship or a polygamous relationship is right for you, is really about how you view sex. What is the role of sex in a relationship, and it's it's about your own personal
3: belief system around your own sex and I, sexuality. I, would, I wouldn't say sex necessarily, but intimacy. Mm. Um, because, and here's why, because I think you can be very successful in non-monogamy if you think sex is sacred and beautiful. And I think you can be very successful in non-monogamy if you think that sex is a handshake with cum. So it's, it's not that that sounds like a terrible handshake. (laughs) Uh, Hey, some people, some people, uh, they, that's how they regard it. And you know, that's not me. Let but go of my hand. It. Let go of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's talk. laughs> what I'm stuck. So what I'm saying is I, I don't think it's about necessarily how you value, because that it's not like if you value sex more, you'll value monogamy more. It's more like how do you see sexual expression in your life and therefore in the people in your life?
2: Right. So and I think that segues beautifully into what you just said of the idea of friends with benefits that that you're. You know that you can or might sleep with somebody who you are genuinely good friends with or friends with as opposed to finding a hookup on absolutely uh, growler or mm-hmm. i, I City, think there is whatever.
3: significant misunderstanding about friends with benefits i think friends with benefit has become a byword for hooking up like right because you because you know them before you hooked up that makes no that's the, <laughs> no not that's not, not the same for, to me right. friends with benefits means you can see them as a friend like you know, I can go to I I can go to the Hollywood Bowl and hear a concert with this person and not have sex, or I can go to the Hollywood Bowl with this person and have sex, or I can just have sex with this person like they are a friend and they are a lover. And sometimes the two things coincide, and sometimes they don't because they're a friend and there are
1: benefits. Should, should we have? <laughs> should we play miniature golf after the concert, or should we bang? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Although I would I would say that I would still I. Well, I do think Friends with Benefits has morphed into just like, oh, like a hookup. I would say that there are Friends with Benefits who your friend activity is fucking each other's brains out. (laughs) Where you do have this, I don't know, I think it's how you interact with the person. Because I do definitely have people who I'd consider Friends with Benefits where it's like, just with how our lives are, we are not going to like go miniature golfing. It's like, we're going to have a very efficient Hook up, and we're going to catch up, and it's going to be nice. And then, you know, bing, bang, boom, come handshake, (laughs) 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 goodbye. Could
1: we just agree never to say the words "come handshake" ever again?
3: Well, Trevor, Uh. my my term for what Trevor described last is is a repeat performance. So you know, it's one act, and it gets repeated. As opposed to sometimes we have dinner, sometimes we go miniature golfing, sometimes we go bowling, and a lot of times we have sex. Um, And the other thing that I I always found amusing is people would say to me, like, oh, oh, my goodness, I could never have sex with a friend. I'm like, what do you have sex with enemies? Like, who are you having sex with if you don't have sex with friends? (laughs) Uh, I would also like to use
1: my once per season veto on the title of the show. Come handshake. Not
2: allowed. <laughs> Sticky handshake. It is. No. no. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the idea of friends with benefits was, was the only way I was able to start wrapping my head around, uh, non monogamy because I, and I hear this from a lot of people. In fact, I hear this more often than not. Like the idea of a, a truly anonymous hookup, works for plenty of people, but just, I I can't wrap my head around that. And I I probably never will. I don't really have any interest in that kind of, like Dan says, that kind of intimacy with a person I don't know and understand and at least get along with on a a friend level. Uh, That's just me. Uh, I'm not necessarily laying groundwork for anything in the future. I just, on a general principle, I, I just don't sleep with people that I'm not also at least friendly with and probably also friends.
3: With. I, I've tried to have a one night stand, but it's hard. I, I like them and we see each other again. There are also some strong... <laughs> like I.
1: Some people may disagree with this. I think there are some strong arguments for uh, friends with benefits in that it can actually remove sexual tension that can get between people and yes. keep people <laughs> apart and can actually increase emotional intimacy even after the sex is done mm-hmm. and the sex is in the in the rearview mirror of that friendship which is okay you know like you Mm -hmm. can put that away it's not a genie that you have to smush back into a bottle you know eventually you can just turn that part off it's okay i feel
2: like that describes i mean this is no secret if you've listened to the show from the beginning but like that's how trevor and i started Mm -hmm. and then our friendship has evolved over the years and that's not the case anymore but that's how we got our beginning and he's one of my closest friends now so Mm -hmm. you can get really amazing close friendships and they can start one way or they can start a different way and go in that direction after time like it well and I there would, is I, the I fluidity.
3: in the a gay in the a gay world of circuit parties and, and bars in and west hollywood most most gay friends in the gay world i think have slept with each other i think that's how most people know each other in the gay world is they they've had sex and then they stayed friends
1: before we start running long, let's just turn this uh turn this real quick and see. Is there anything specific to the Chubb and Chaser world about open relationships polyamory that we should discuss here?
0: I'll just say it is a much smaller world. <laughs> yes. So yes. Um, it's a
2: small community. Don't it, be deceived.
0: Yeah, it can make things trickier depending on what rules you set up. Like the like one time, you know, some people have a rule that's like, okay, you get once with every person. And then, like, never again. But, I mean, you could, I don't know, depending on how active you are, you could... (laughs) make it pretty hard for yourself
3: no i actually it's funny you say that i didn't mean once with every person trevor (laughs) not every person (laughs) no that very rule came up in a past relationship of mine where we were talking about non-monogamy and he wanted to stipulate that you can't see them more than once and i kind of stared back at him and he like okay yeah that really wouldn't work because the the number the, the number of people in my pool is so limited that, like, okay, well, we're gonna be non monogamous for a, a half a year. So, right. <laughs> uh, what I was gonna say though about the Chub Chaser universe, as Don wanted to bring up, I hear this a lot, especially from older Chubs. So, older Chubs tend to have more experience in relationships, they've had more of everything, right? Because they're older. And I've heard over and over again the story of an older Chub getting with some hot young chaser and the older chub says hey i get it you're young you want to play the field you don't necessarily want to not have sex with anyone else for the rest of your life because you know the the the, the chaser's 22 or 25 and Mm. that 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 can be a that might be considered a big ask that it's why a 25 year old is never going to have sex with another person again until the fat guy leaves the relationship that you know that and that that's how that's kind of one of the things that trevor and i thought about too because it's a big age difference but anyway so the older chub is saying hey do you want to be monogamous? And the young chaser swears up and down. No, no, baby. I do not want to be not monogamous I just want you. I want monogamy, monogamy, monogamy. Fast forward three and a half months, the chaser is screwing around with lots of other guys. And the chub is like, well, why didn't you just tell me that? We could have just set that up. And what it comes down to is very often people, not just chasers, but people are very, very uncomfortable with other people's their partners non-monogamy see i get to see when i have sex it doesn't mean anything when you have sex it's a personal betrayal
1: (laughs) (laughs) i had a friend who she when she had the conversation with her boyfriends she always opened up the whole like okay so this is what i would like i would like to be able to sleep with anyone i want and i would like you to remain monogamous to me and she would <laughs> say that at, point blank, okay. sort of every relationship. Mm-mm. And I mean, strangely enough, she never found a partner willing to accept those
0: terms, but <laughs> uh, Wait, when at least she was I, open about it. You know? I,
3: exactly. You know what you're signing up for. I get that. When I have
0: talked her. to some of my straight female friends about open relationships, they have said that like, well, like I'd only want an open relationship if I get to go around and he doesn't yeah. I'm like, okay, well that's not like, how do you feel if he said that? And they're like, Oh, <laughs>
3: I love how they look at it like, "Oh wow, I never thought
2: of it that way." Like, oh yeah, of course you did. <laughs> how is that? Yeah,
3: yeah how's that possible?
1: Well, anything else on the subject, or shall we move on?
2: I I, I think we're like that's. I'm okay. curious what people's responses are going to yeah. be, but yes, that's yeah. that's about everything that I've got. To I mean, offer this is and- a
1: subject that we'll most likely have to come back to at some point, anyway. So. Yes. Do we have a tip for the day? We do have a tip. We have, um, two, we have two little. We have an extra little tip too.
0: Okay. Uh, So um, NAFA, once again, the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, is doing this thing called Mini Community Grants. Uh, And basically, you can apply from October 1st through October 31st to get a grant. uh, And it'll be between $50 and $500. Kind of depends on how many people apply. It is a grant to uh, do some sort of. Fat positive project hmm. in different fields like arts and entertainment, community education and training, individual education and training, networker socializing, even um, solidarity with other anti-oppression causes. So this could be anything from you want to do a kind of a, maybe like a fat photography project, or maybe um, you know during these these COVID times um, a like fat comedy night via Zoom or something. Mm-hmm.
2: I almost wonder if, if like Don and I work on short films Mm -hmm. together and I I wonder if we should try and come up with something cool that we could, we could make use of
1: as my quick tip. I want to do a callback to an earlier episode where, uh, Trevor, uh, plugged the company big fig mattresses. Oh yeah. Uh, You got a mattress. mattress, Didn't you? Yeah, I did. My (gasps) mattress was 20 something years old. It was time for it to go. It (laughs) served me well, but I, it was time to move on. Uh, and I bought a big fig mattress. I, uh, set it up. The The bed itself is lovely. The delivery was done by FedEx, which sucked. <laughs> <laughs> sucked. Oh my That's god. The <laughs> <laughs> they sucked. The bed itself is lovely, and honestly, it was kind of fun just puncturing the little plastic bag it came in and watching the oh, yeah. Shrinky Dink expand yeah. like 5,000%. It was kind of awesome. Dan
0: loves yeah. watching the Shrinky Dink expand. <laughs> I love Shrinky <seeing> Dink <laughs> <things> expand. <laughs> uh, so, nice. yeah,
1: I have to say I am very satisfied with it, and I I thought my back pain was just me getting older. I did not realize oh, what wow. the difference a good mattress can make.
2: So, eh, yep.
1: I brought a bit. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so, coming up with a, a polyamory and non monogamy trivia was extremely difficult. Uh, you wouldn't <laughs> believe the ridiculous trivia information out there for non monogamy, such as Did you know a non monogamous person can change their mind? And no. want to have a monogamous relationship? Uh, like really, uh, really, this is what passes for info. So <laughs> instead of that, we are going to do <laughs> another limerick, big gay podcast year in review. Yeah,
3: playing Irish jig music now. So for those of you who have not in. played
1: this game before, uh, I am going. I have written uh, limericks calling back to various things we've covered in the podcast. I will speak almost the entirety of the limerick, and as I stop, leaving off the key. Final words. Our other, three lovely contestants I am looking at over Zoom are going to buzz in, and whoever buzzes first gets to try and supply the answer. Here's the first one. I have five. As the name of our story suggests, the tourism board now requests, since your butt's been expanding, leave one man on the landing. Now the gondolas carry... Carrie,
2: I know what episode you're Viewer talking about. Th-
1: <laughs> yes, Dan. <laughs> oh,
2: there you go. That was you go. hard.
1: Dan forgetting <laughs> yeah. to buzz in. But for those of you who <laughs> have forgotten, uh, in Venice, they are now allowing fewer people into the gondolas right, due to right. everyone's expanding waistlines. Qu- Limerick. Well done, Dan. Thank Good for you. you. I, uh, our second one. Trudeau hopes you'll mm-hmm. keep this all straight and you won't take the detractor's bait. When judging who's fat, please don't be a brat. Obesity's not just. About weight? It's not just your weight. So, yes. Okay. Yes. Congratulations. Nice. Uh, Going back to our special episode where we talked about Canada's new changing obesity guidelines.
2: Right, right. And how they're trying. They're misguided attempts at (laughs) redefining the word obesity.
1: Limerick three. Though prior to this, they'd withheld her. Her thin royal parents expelled her. It was quite satisfactory when she worked at the factory. Hey, kids, it's. Trevor Wanda the welder Wanda the welder Yay! <laughs> That is from our uh, special Disney Princess episode. Yes. I limerick 4. Yes. To some she might seem quite dorky. To others she's crucial or key. We're not being hasty. She's pretty damn tasty. Look out. It's Buzz great, Trevor Diva Porky. That is correct. <laughs> um it's surprisingly difficult to find rhymes for Porky. <laughs> very difficult. <laughs> to others, well she's done, cru- crucial or key. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, right, once you do, f- it's very hard to get your mouth around Porky sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our fifth and final limerick. Are our contestants ready? Dun, dun, dun. Yes. They're ready. When the world is just looking bleak. Then give this great list a quick peek. Pack up some fresh salmon, because these guys are slamming. Time to vote, because
0: it's... Buzz. Trevor. Oh, Fat Bear Buzz. Week.
1: Damn yes! Oh, <laughs> fat <job>. Bear Week!
2: <sighs> nice. What I else could you uh, need
0: a
1: suitcase full of salmon for? I was going to say, I should have had it at salmon, but
2: no. <laughs> at salmon, yeah, that was the one. <laughs> Good job. Well done, well done. Excellent. Well,
1: thank you for spending another hour with the
2: you Big Fat Podcast. We're so to glad to you have your company.
0: Yeah, good luck, Michael.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to trim 20 minutes off of this one. Well, all right, Trevor. it's that time again for me to home.
0: wrap it all up. Wrap Bring us it on, it nice Trevor. Neat yes. wrap it, wrap it. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. See Yay. all the lovely stuff we talked about this week at www.bigfatgaypod.com. I think that's it. That's it. You did it. Uh, well, yay. So, yes. <laughs> Maybe you're listening to this as you're finishing up your mail-in ballot mm. and you're um, licking the stamp and putting it on and handing it to Henry, the sex bot, who's also a mailman. <laughs> no, that's canon. <laughs> uh, and you hear him. And he winks <laughs> at you. His head whirring. <laughs> and his mouth opens up and he says, look out. Look out. See, now we're going to need to sell a new (laughs) voice cartridge for Henry the Sex Bot with
1: Michael's uh, voice pattern today. Look out. (laughs) I I like (laughs) your brain. That was not sexy. I'm I'm
2: coming. Look out. (laughs) I mean, it's better than the Siri voice, right? Yes. (laughs) Orgasm in three, two, Uh, two, one. one. Engaging Orgasm. Let me shake your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I want to shake your hand. I'm stopping recording.
3: No, this is gold.